It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to the Sunday session, part of the Sprint Lane podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. Thanks for joining me again this week. Great to have your company. We've got a lot to get through. Of course, Menangle raced on Saturday night and we've got a full wrap-up of that program to get through. I also want to speak with Bernie Hewitt about Royal Cruiser and his win in the feature event, the Tatlow Stakes for the two-year-olds. He showed a lot of ability through the Breeders' Challenge series and looks tough and fast. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of a opinion Bernie has on the horse. I want to catch up with a good mate of mine, Adam Hamilton. I worked with Adam for years on Sky, and he is the best man in Australia to talk to when discussing the New Zealand Cup. New South Wales has Swayze engaged in the race on Tuesday, the second Tuesday in November, and I'm going to speak with Adam and see if he thinks the Jason Grimson-trained runner can win the race because it has been slim pickings for the Aussies over the years. Might even ask a few questions about the upcoming Inter-Dominion series as well. We'll see what we can get through with Adam. Also, I spoke with Talia Johnson on the show a couple of weeks back when she drove her first winner. Well, we had another driver salute for the first time this week in New South Wales. Young Ned Woodhouse opened his account on Melbourne Cup Day at Wagga, driving one of his dad's horses. So I want to speak with him and discuss his involvement in the game. The Menangle Express is back. I'll take a look at each of the races run at Club Menangle and give my thoughts. We had a bit of luck last week with the tips as well. Raging C won for us at Wagga and paid $14 on the tote. To be honest, the pickings have been pretty slim over recent weeks, so it was good to find a winner. But I've had some feedback from a well-known Bathurst participant, and he's challenged me in a tipping duel. So I'm going to call him Mr. T. I don't want to expose him, but we'll call him Mr. T, and he's going to pass on a couple of tips, and I'll pass on a couple of tips, and we'll see who uh, who gets the better return. Plenty to get through on the show. Let's get started. Where the leader is Royal Cruiser, 28-3, the split. What's he got left? Leads the way as they flatten in for the run to the judge. In second, Posse out and running now is uh, giving chase Ravishing Sloy. The leader is Royal Cruiser. Ravishing Sloy is trying ever so hard on the outside, but he gets to work on the favourite, and it's Royal Cruiser holding rivals coming away again to win at four metres to Ravishing Sloy. My ultimate Buddha was in third spot and fourth's a camera. Tatlow Stakes for the two-year-olds and Royal Cruiser, the short price favourite. Gee, he was good again. He's really put the riding on the wall with a couple of strong performances and uh, Bernie Hewitt, trainer driver, is joining me. Hello, Bern. How are you? Yeah, good, Greg. Mate, um, <sighs> you must have been happy with the performance. He, he looks a real racehorse. Yeah, he's uh, really coming along. He, he's always showed plenty of ability, but he's always, you know, been a bit immature in the in the mind, a bit of a big pup, you know, and uh, he's just starting to learn about it and, uh, Physically, he's, uh, he's quite strong and uh, he's quite fast as well. So, um, yeah, he's starting to mature into a real racehorse. Were you happy with the way he went through the Breeders' Challenge Series? Yeah, I was. Yeah, he, um, he really came along in leaps and bounds and um, some of his runs are really good. Um, some of his heat runs down at Menangle there, he runs second, he come off the back of him and sprinted home really good. And then uh, Dougie drove him in one of the um, semis and, 
he um, he won that race on protest, but made really good ground from from back and um, showed a lot of ability. And then in the final in itself, he uh, he ran a really big race uh, off a wide barrier and had to had to face the breeze. And um, yeah, he he went down fighting, but um, you know had he. I think had had he got a better draw and a better position, he um, he would have been very close to winning that race as well. Before tonight, you took him to the trials at Bathurst during the week. Yep. Just to just to give him a blowout for tonight. Yeah, that's right. You know, he's he's doing everything on one and two at home. Um, <clears throat> you know, track work. He's his work's been spot on. But I I think being uh, young horses, they just need to keep having a little reminder about the mobile and you know just getting the the racing side of it uh all make sorted out make sure that they score up well and and know how to run off the arm and so forth so he just had another bit of a hit hit out on monday night yeah what about during uh, the race in the tatlow were you were you confident right the way through they they obviously kept you wide for a little bit of the race and and you went around that first corner three wide but you're always look to be going forward yeah, look, um, he probably come out a bit quicker last week, but I, I didn't really want to get in the hustle and bustle when when there was a couple going out, and um, I felt that he'd probably work to the front eventually anyway. So I come out for fifty yards and then just sort of backed off him, and you know until I sorted things out a bit and uh, just rolled him forward steady. And um, yeah, you know he uh, the lead was there for him, and he bowled to the front and relaxed nicely, which is you know very pleasing that he's. He's learning to, to relax like that when he does hit the front, and um, and then he uh, smartened up turning for home and, and run home quite strongly. So um, and you know he, he was holding Luke okay on the line, and um, I think you know had it been any further, he, he probably would have pulled away more because he just felt really strong after the line and ran into the back straight the last time. You know after the race, it was it's it's interesting because he he ran a really slashing quarter. In one of the, I think it was the semi-final of the Breeders' Challenge, and then tonight you've asked him to explode up the straight, and he's gone twenty-six and a half home. So he's obviously got that really high speed. You need to be a nice horse. Yeah, and you know, just in his track work at home on the smaller track, he can come off the back of the, you know three or four horses and come really wide, and just he just eats them up. You know, he he's got remarkable speed off the back of them with a cold sit too. So, um, you know, I think he's an all-round package. So what have you got left for him this season? Um, look, he'll just go in a heat of the, um, the regional series as a Breeders' Challenge um, in about two weeks' time and uh, 10 days' time, I think it is, and then and then hopefully the final all going well and um, then he can have a bit of a break and probably get set for some of the better races next year including the Derby races I'll be looking at. So you think you'll measure, measure up and be a Derby horse? Just the way he can, you know, he can work at home and just what he's showing me, he's got plenty of raw ability and he's really learned how to race now and um, I'm sure that he's going to step up and acquit himself well in any race he goes in. Well, that was a really nice performance by him. I didn't mind the run of Beach Ride. Um, stable mate, he ran four. Scott st- stuck to the inside. The horse finished off nicely. He goes quite good. Um, he just brushes a knee occasionally, and he just got on the wrong leg tonight. Scotty was looking to go one way, he said, and and then Blake Jones went that way, so he, he went back to the inside, and he said he just pulled him onto his other knee, and he said he just brushed his knee and just got a little unbalanced, but then, then he really sprinted good and quick up the straight. I haven't seen it yet, but um, 
very happy with him. His work's been really good. He trialled Monday night and uh, was quite happy with his uh, his performance there too. So, no, really nice horse in the making as well. Mate, congratulations with the win and all the best of luck with the Royal Cruiser going forward. Righto. Good on you. Thanks, Greg. The New Zealand Cup, it is to be run on Tuesday. Australia has a representative. New South Wales has a representative. Swayze is going to be there. And Adam Hamilton, haven't spoken to Adam for a while. Great to catch up with him. He's joining me on the podcast to have a chat about the Aussie hope in the New Zealand Cup. Great to speak with you, Adam. Mate, this is a tonic I needed uh, towards, uh, you know, after a really, really taxing Melbourne Cup week to uh, to catch up with one of my great old mates, Casey. It's, uh, it's winding back the clock and... Yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of a chat about all things harness racing and getting across to Christchurch for the Cup as well. Um, look, it's so good that Swayze's there. He uh, he just he looks the right horse if he can step away from the standing start. But you and I have been to quite a few of these together. They're incredibly hard to win. The history doesn't lie, does it? Since Jimmy O'Sullivan and My Lightning Blue won it way back in 1987 for Australia, only one Aussie has been able to win it since, and that was a historic moment by Karen Manning training and driving Arden Rooney to win in 2015, becoming the first female to do so as well. But the hopes sit with New South Wales this time, and gee, he just looks a beast, doesn't he, this horse, Greg? He just he just looks the right horse if he can step away and, and, and probably ideally stay in front of a cooter. Well, you, you look at the horse and you think, well, he's not brilliant enough to win a Miracle Mile, but he's super tough and he's super fast. So you're looking at staying races. If he if he moves across to a standing start and can handle that and gets into a nice spot, you've got to think he's got to be in the finish somewhere. Well, this this the Kiwis asked me to, to give a, an, an, you know, an, an Aussie pros and cons summary on the horse. So I'll run through those with you. The pros are he's a considerably better horse, um, obviously, than, you know, than they were able to run second with with Majestic Cruiser last year. So, and he's, he's better because he's stronger and he can make his own luck. Um, Cam Hart has come out and said he's very easily the best horse he's driven. Another big tick. Cam Hart's a superstar, not flustered in any in any sphere, and he's already proven himself at New Zealand. And what Jason Grimson's done in big races with two Inner Dominions, two Blacks of Fake, a Messenger, second in the New Zealand Cup. I mean, this is in the space of two years. I, I can't recall a trainer coming from, you know, relative inexperience in the big league to having the sort of impact that Jason Grimson's had. So... So they're all the positive things for Swayze. The negatives are obviously the trip away, but that doesn't bother me too much because, you know, Grimo's horses just perform at least as well, if not better, on the road. And we've seen him, you know, perform in New Zealand with Majestic Cruiser across a number of different races last year. But the standing start's the key one. And the standing start's made more challenging for him being drawn in between a lot of horses and off the second row, so behind other horses. I, I say trickier, Greg, because you've seen those standing starts. Um, it, it may not even be his fault if something goes wrong at the start, if you know what I mean. Yeah. How good is this Akuda? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, 
I'm in two minds over Akuta. Now, I the key the Kiwis probably take this the wrong way and think I'm sort of Kiwi bashing. I'm not at all. He's a he's a wonderful horse. He's a really, really, really serious horse. But my query on him is what's he been beating? Because I don't I think this is the least depth they've had in New Zealand's open class ranks for many, many years. His stable mate self assured was always right there with him. Well, you know, he he just hasn't had a good campaign and we know that, you know, he things haven't gone right for him in the build up to it. And then you've got other really nice horses, Republican Party and Krug and B D Joe and those sorts of horses. But they're no stars. Most of them have been to Australia without causing any real stir. Even Tango's been super competitive and maybe he didn't enjoy his time in Victoria, but he struggled when he came over for that bit of a Melbourne campaign as well. So my query, yes, Akuta is clearly the best of the Kiwi horses, but how good is that batch of horses? I, If this race was in Australia, I would be super, super confident that Swayze would beat Akuta, Greg. After we saw what Swayze did in the Blacks of Fake, where he had arguably the best horse in the Southern Hemisphere sit outside him and, and couldn't beat him, obviously there were issues with uh, Leap to Fame that night, but... Does that mean if the Kiwi somehow let Swayze get to the top, the race is over? Oh, I'm pretty sure. We'll put it this way: I, I, if he gets if he gets to the front, um, Akuda's going to have to be Christian Cullen like to beat him. I think um, because I know the Kiwis are saying there's no evidence to say um, Akuda's not at least as good as Leap to Fame. Well, even on that scenario, he'd have to be a lot better than Leap to Fame, wouldn't he, to be able to? sit outside and beat Swayze. No, I think if Swayze can stay in front of Akuda and go around and get the front, I, I think it's it's pretty much race over because, you know, he, if there's a horse... It was interesting. I was talking to Karen Manning about him, actually, um, the other day when we were reflecting on that win with Arden Rooney. And, and I said, you know, does he sort of remind you? And she said, he's a bit like Tiger Tara, isn't he? You know, and that's a wonderful mm. comparison with Swayze. I know he's got a way to go because... Tigatara won a Hunter Cup and an Indominion and, and everything else, but he's that type of horse. And if Tigatara had been able to work, go around and get in the front in a New Zealand Cup, I don't think they'd see which way he would have gone. So, um, yeah, if he, if he gets to the top and you're on him, I think he can start to get really excited. Do you think we'll see Jason Grimson go to the Indominion with him? Oh, I'm getting, yeah, I'm, I'm getting every vibe that. Um, that it's on the cards. I mean, I know it's a relatively quick turnaround, particularly if he stays and runs in the free-for-all on Friday, which seems to be the plan as well. So what's that? It only leaves about sort of 13 or 14 days to get back to Australia and then up to Queensland. But um, but he, he had that big break in the middle of the year, Greg. Like, he hasn't been overtaxed at all, this horse. Like, this is pretty much the start of his campaign now. So... Um, and an Inter-Dominion should be made for him, you know. Uh, and the Inter-Dominion needs this horse, let's be honest. Otherwise, it, it could virtually be a bit of a cakewalk for, for Leap to Fame. So, yeah, every impression I've got um, indicates that, you know, all going well through New Zealand, that he'll be in Queensland, and, and the sport needs that to happen. Leap to Fame. He's a, he's a very special horse, but he's he's just finding the big ones tough to win, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the stats don't lie. He is. I mean, he's, he's 
He's been hurt by not getting great barrier draws. He is not an explosive beginner, and in harness racing, that is absolute gold. Um, no one's no one's conceding to him, and nor should they. Like he's not just being presented with the front in his races, so he hasn't earned that absolute intimidation factor. And I think um, I think Swayze's contributed a lot towards that. Like if he had sat outside and beaten Swayze in the the uh, blacks are fake in the middle of the year. I think everyone would have, you know, in most races they might have half conceded to to leap to fame, but he didn't do that, and it's sort of been the fresh air that the open class races needed. But I still, I still think he's really special, and he's, you know, he's still in his first season racing on the Grand Circuit. I, I think we're watching a really, really rare talent in him, and that's why I would love, love to see him and Swayze, you know, renew that rivalry that that we enjoyed so much in Queensland uh, back up at Albion Park next month. Outside of those two, New South Wales next two would be Spirit of St. Louis and also Hi, My Name is Jeff. Um, Hi, My Name is Jeff is an interesting one. Obviously, recently into the Grimson Barn has made a bit of a splash since he arrived there. Um, he's another one that looks sort of suited to a, a tough Inter-Dominion campaign. Yeah, although I'm hearing that, uh, that the Victorian... Victoria Cup run might have been a bit of a test to the Inter-Dominion with him, Greg, just to see how he went on the smaller tracks. And yep. and he wasn't comfortable away from the marker peg. So my mail is he's, he's unlikely to go up to Queensland for the Inter-Dominion. They might just keep him... You know, he's, had, he's done three tendons in his career. So to prolong his career, they might just keep him where he's most comfortable on the, the really big track at Menangle. Um, and Spirit of St. Louis is an interesting one. He wasn't going to the Inter-Dominion if he went to New Zealand. He had that little um, little health setback after he ran below par on the big Sunday at Menangle behind Swayze. Then they pulled the pin on New Zealand. Now they've reset their sights on Queensland. So, look, he's just a total pro. I guess the one question mark on him is, and maybe it's been circumstances, but he's been good through the heats, or mainly good through the heats of Inter-Dominions, but on both occasions, he hasn't delivered in the final. So maybe maybe he's not really suited to the four runs in two weeks. But this won't be an inter-dominion of much depth. And we're talking about a horse that's run second in a Hunter Cup and second in two Miracle Miles. So he's going to be a key player, particularly uh, through the heats, if he can use that gate speed, Greg. The state with the most depth at the moment in their pacing ranks is, is obviously Victoria because they've got... I've got a number of horses that that'll be heading north to compete in the Inter Dominion, and, and you know, but they've got a few chances as well. Yeah, no, they certainly have. I mean, Rock and Roll Do is the interesting one. He's been um, he started the campaign in tremendous style, and that win in the Len Smith. I know it wasn't fast time, but still to sit outside Spirit of St Louis and and win in the style he did was terrific. But he and his Victoria Cup run, there was nothing wrong with it. But I think if most people had said to you he'd get to the front in a Victoria Cup like that, um, they probably would have expected him to win. So, look, he's been freshened up. Um, it'll be interesting if he steps out, uh, you know, in the next week or so, or whether he goes fresh into the Inter Dominion. Um, and then you've got quite a few others like Mac Dan, who you just know is going to be super competitive, a horse like Act now. And then we sit and wait on the Emma Stewart decision over how many other of her runners go. And, of course, at the same time, she's got that stewards inquiry, um, you know, from, uh, from, the, from the dripping situation, which was to be held only a few days ago and was adjourned. So 
you know, so that creates a little bit of a sit and wait situation there. But look, Victoria, uh, they're going to be they're going to be crucial to the depth of this series, particularly how many of the Emma and Clayton horses go. Hazy is Andy going to take catch a wave? No, definitely not. No, he's um, no, he um, I. His, his run in the Victoria Cup was unbelievable. It, it was it was incredible. It was incredible. But um, but you know the only thing is it's probably his only run this campaign where he's looked at his absolute top. Yeah. Um, in the other runs he's been, you know, good without being great. You know, getting run down early. Those couple of uh, you know last run even when he loomed up like he was going to win and he just didn't quite finish it off. So look, I. Andy hasn't said this, but me just watching the horse, I get the feeling that he's sort of, you know, he's going about 80% this campaign. And it's interesting on that Victoria Cup because when you look back on it, it was such a bizarre race. Um, and Acknow's come out and only gone so-so since. Um, Catch a Wave's come out and only gone so-so since as well. Um, I Originally, I thought it should be a booming form race because it was so solidly run, but I'm I'm still got the jury out on just exactly how strong the form's going to be as a as a form reference out of that Victoria Cup. All right, mate. So uh, in wrapping up, back to the New Zealand Cup. Swayze a definite winning chance. Oh, tremendous winning chance. Look to me, he's to me he's the equal top winning chance with a cooter in the race. And then you'd get out to Old Town Road, and then probably Republican Party and Krug. That'd be that about sees out the winning chances for mine after the barrier draw. So. If you're if you're watching, he's just not. He's got to step away reasonably well, but watch for those green colours of Akuda. It's so important he stays in front of Akuda. I think whichever of them moves first will probably be in will probably be in front by the middle stages of the race and become the one to beat Craig. All right, mate. Thank you very much for your time and uh, have a great New Zealand Cup day. Yeah, looking forward to getting over there and great to catch up with you, mate. Anytime. The Menangle Express is back for another week, so let's get straight into it and start with race one. There was speed early from the Croupier, Pete said so, and even our money rocks down in grade pushed out, and it was the David Thorne-trained runner who was able to kick through and hold. The Croupier was on its back, Pete said so, outside the leader and star major in the 1-1. They ran through the first two quarters in 27-3 and 29-1, forced to run through the third quarter in 27, which was fast enough to keep everyone in play, but class prevailed with our money rocks fighting off all of its rivals in the home straight. Pete said so was brave in a role that he isn't suited to and finished second with the Croupier hanging on for third. They stopped the clock in 150. There wasn't a lot to say about those behind the place getters. Too good for them in the first our money rocks. Race two saw an on-pace domination again. Raka Dan fired out from closer in this time and was able to get the gun run behind Small T's who worked at the front. Sir Richard Lee was three marker pegs and the carousel winner, our Cosmic Major, was five back. First quarter was fast, 26-8. They backed it off through the middle half, 29-5 and 28. McCarthy got going on our Cosmic Major and led up the running line approaching the 600. But Jack Trainer made the move to come away from the leaders back as soon as McCarthy got close. Uh, Rakadan raced past Maltese, who was brave. Our Cosmic Major were, had a late lunge at Rakadan, but just missed. Didn't mind the run of the fourth horse, Rock and Roll Gig. 
Had Pelican fly gallop in front of it when the speed was going on. He had to get around him, balance up and get to the outside of the field. Not a bad run at all. Race number three, Missed the Truth, was one of the horses who hit the line last week full of running, and he was sent out favourite in the third. Cam Hart gave him the perfect run in the 1-1 on the back of Unfazed. One for the roadie Laird. Brooklyn Bridge sat behind the leader, and our Uncle Jim was three pegs. Cam Hart tipped and rolled from the 1-1 as they swung. He was able to wear down one for the roadie, who was brave. Unfazed, held on for third, but Brooklyn Bridge was untested in the straight and was an unlucky fourth. The clock told the story in this one. 26-9 and 26-5 home, so 53-4 the last half. Horses from the tail ran nice halves, including Danger Zone. Race four was the Waratah final. It was a wide-open betting market, as these tend to be. Baker Creek was the first to the pegs before letting the fortunate sun roll to the front. 27-1 through the first 400 metres. Laurie D made the move to the chair. It was interesting watching Admiral early because he got caught out wide, had to ease all the way back to last, and then save ground by going up on the pegs. 57-6 middle half gave the leaders a chance to catch their breath and dash for home. Um, the fortunate sun left the inside, and gave a run up his inside to never know Charlie, and Cam Hart was able to get Admiral into clear air soon after racing off the final bend. He just worked towards the outside. The fortunate son kicked hard for Grace Pinella, held off Admiral, who was brave, but may have peaked on the run halfway down the long straight. Never know Charlie was third, Rock Fisherman fourth. Race five was for the Trotters. It was the Stan Dummersy Memorial. couple of runners were on their worst behaviour. The best bourbon and funky monkey galloped before the starter even had said go. Uh, Majestic Trio led, doff your cap behind the leader and Toro stride three back. Caligula went up and forced the pace with Majestic Trio and it broke. So Caligula was able to roll to the top. Toro stride left the pegs and put doff your cap in a pocket approaching the turn. In the straight, doff your cap was looking for room. Blake Fitzpatrick half opened the door on the leader. Classic Blake Fitzpatrick. Let the guy behind him think there's a run there when there never really was. And then Cam Hart, he wasn't falling for that trick, so he grabbed hold and tried to come around or come around the cart of Toro Stride. Watching live, I thought the bird had flown. I didn't think Doffy Cap would get there, but he, he rallied and he hit top gear late to grab Toro Stride on the line. Caligula was third. Gee, Scruffy Doolan tries hard. He was stretching his neck on the line for fourth. His run was good. Race six, it was the feature race. The Tatlow Stakes for the two-year-olds. Royal Cruiser was the short price favourite with Ravishing Sloy, the only other runner in single figures. My ultimate Buddha got to the pegs first but allowed Ravishing Sloy to shoot to the lead. Royal Cruiser was caught out wide on the first turn and Bernie Hewitt kept progressing forward and was able to roll past Ravishing Sloy, who was happy to take the sit. They ran through the middle half in 58-4, which allowed the favourite to balance up and go again in the straight Home in a blistering 26-6, which took most of them out of play. Ravishing Sloy was good, running second, closed down to be only beaten three and a half metres. My ultimate Buddha ran third, 10 metres ahead of the next runner home. Beach Ride finished fourth. Now, it was the stablemate to the winner. I spoke to Bernie about it earlier. Its run up the straight was good. He was a long way back turning for home. He was only beaten the 17 metres. He might be winning something easier than this. Race number seven, wide open. Remy Brown went to the post as favourite after a stunning win last start when she was forced to work extremely hard and still won. If you haven't watched Remy Brown's win at Newcastle, do yourself a favour and watch the video. It's uh, an unbelievable performance. Uh, Remy Brown tonight... Saturday night, crossed early before pushing forward to take the front. Ideal in Dreams was released by Remy Brown soon after. Um, that left Teresa Love outside the leader, Sailor Girl in the 1-1. The speed was constant, 28-7, 28-7, 28-1, and there was no real chance for the leader to 
steady up. Turning for home, Teresa Love was able to put Ideal in Dreams away, and Remy Brown was able to get out from behind the leader and get into the clear. She made a late dash at Teresa Love. She just missed. She only went down by a head. Splash of Crimson got down the outside for third. Looked ungainly in the straight, but got home okay. There wasn't a lot behind the place getters. Think that clears it up with Ideal in Dreams. She's been absolutely savaging the line coming with the one run, but forced to do some work tonight. She found it a little bit tougher, and she's had a pretty tough four or five weeks with uh, back-to-back racing. Race eight saw Little Blissfire off the gate and lead with Ideal Dan behind it. They quickly settled into single file. Uh, Western Style was three pegs. Tuppence was four back. 27.9, followed by a 29.7 quarter, which meant the backmarkers were going to find it tough. Tuppence came away from the pegs, which allowed Double Encounter to get the perfect drag up into the race. I've been saying every week in this segment he's close to a win, and I honestly thought we might have got a better price. Sophia Ardvitson um, was forced to make a three-wide move on double encounter a little earlier than she would have liked, but Tuppence was going nowhere at the time. Western Style got a dream split from three marker pegs, but double encounter was out and running, proved too strong. Little Bliss battled on for third. Uh, best winner of the night. Hard to take anything away from Doffia Cap. Looked beaten, but savaged the line once it got into the clear, even though it took him a few strides to hit hit top gear and he obviously is now right on song for the Inner Dominion series kicking off in Brisbane best driver of the night um I'm gonna go with Sophia Arvidsson on double encounter she drove it a treat in the last she she settled on the pegs she was able to land in the one one once the running line got going uh, and she took off when she had to with the horse in front of her stalling so best driver of the night goes to Sophia and the best beaten performance Probably didn't have the the same as last week when we had a stack of horses to follow out of that meeting. But Admiral was good in the fourth. Freddie picked it up out wide on the track. Cam Hart was forced to save a lot of ground in the early stages and he then wove some heart magic turning for home when he got from the markers to five and six wide and into the clear. So best beaten performance, admirable um, in race number four. And that wraps up the Menangle Express for this week. It's young Ned Woodhouse here with our Rebel Yell. And on the outside, he's a terror. Pete McRae, they turn for home. Our Rebel Yell with a bit of a kick. Now here's 74G who's getting up on the inside. 100 metres to go. It's our Rebel Yell. This could be a first win for Ned Woodhouse. It is. Our Rebel Yell, well done to the 16-year-old, gets the win. Our Rebel Yell beats. He's a terror. And 74G gets third. The 7th of November, 2023, is a day that young Ned Woodhouse will never forget. He's only 16 years old and he drove his first winner. That was at the Wagga track, and of course he drove our Rebel Yell to victory. He is part of the Woodhouse family, well known throughout the Riverina and throughout New South Wales, and he is joining me today to have a chat on the podcast. How are you feeling, Ned? Good, thanks, Greg. How are you? Mate, really well. Um, must have been a big thrill for you on Tuesday, driving your first winner at the races. Yeah, 100%. No, it was good to get that milestone off my back, and yeah, not very happy. All right, well, let's go through the win. Um our Rebel Yell was able to kick through from a good draw and you were able to take up the lead role and then basically hold off all the challenges. Yeah, well, that's it. I sort of wasn't too sure about leading on him, but I come out and then I saw Blake, Blake Jones was on the outside. I sort of half was going to let him lead, but then I saw Roger Strong come around and I knew that I wasn't going to let him take the lead. So he, so he ended up in the death and then I ended up having the lead. But yeah, it all just went from there. And basically, you know, they, they didn't give it to you at the 400-metre mark. It was head and head. Yeah. No, yeah, 100% it was. Yeah, it was definitely – it was good, though, because he's a terror on my outside. He was able to set the pace and, yeah, 
no, nah, it wasn't. Oh, it was a. I was happy with my drive, but it was. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. No, nah, I was happy. Turning for home. Did you think you were going to be winning? Oh, I sort of. When we turned around the corner, I could sort of catch Pete McRae hitting his horse out of the corner of my eye, and I thought, oh, I don't have to hit my horse for another 30 metres here. So I was definitely confident, but wasn't too sure what was going to come from behind me. Well, mate, um, it's, a, it's a feeling that uh, you'll, you'll, you'll remember for the rest of your life. Tell us how you yeah. got involved in harness racing. Yeah, so obviously come from the harness racing family. Like my pop, Rod Woodhouse, he owns Yerby or did own Yerby. And um, I've got, on mum's side, I've got Trevor Taylor. And so that's mum's dad. And he's obviously, well, he, he did a bit of trot around the time that mum and dad met. So mum and dad met through harness racing. So, yeah. And then I've got my uncle Chris and Arnie Allison down there in Melbourne. And then, yeah, my uncle Scotty, who's obviously a good driver. So have, basically, who's taught you the most? Is it your dad? Yeah, 100%. My dad, yeah. No, he's pretty well taught me everything I know. Oh, when I was about, about from when I was 10 to 13, I went out and worked at Pops all my holidays. So I got to learn off Pop and Pete McRae a lot. But yeah, it's mainly dad. And is it something that you've wanted to do all along? Uh, you know, I speak to a few people, kids who have been brought up in the trots, and it might take them a few years to get that interest in the horses. But is it something you've had from day dot? No, 100% what you just said then, like, it's definitely taken me a couple of years to get fully into it, but, yeah, no, you're right, it's taken a while, but I was sort of always interested, but probably more interested in Dad, like, just doing the horses with him, but, yeah, definitely now it's starting to kick off a bit, and I've found that real interest for it. You're already working a, a job, you're an apprentice, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so about, I was in year 10, so about three months ago, I did go about, like, Two months worth experience for this bloke just because I wanted to be an electrician so bad. Just wanted to get out of school. And then he ended up calling up mum and offering me apprenticeship because he knew I wanted it, but mum wouldn't let me go. And then dad said, no, nah, you can let him leave school, which mum wasn't overly happy about. But I've been doing that for about three months now and I love it. Just wake up every morning, go to work, come home and work for horses. Yeah, living the life. It's a, it's a pretty busy setup you've got with a job and also working the horses so basically what afternoons are spent at the stables yeah yeah so usually knock off work at about four thirty. can be later than that sometimes and then work and get in about seven yeah that's at the moment sometimes work in the morning when there's a bit more light but yeah i'm just lucky that dad's got a little bit of flexibility with his job so sometimes i come home from work and you can have me geared up so how many have you and your dad got in work at the moment yeah, so we've got four in work at the moment. We've got two that are racing and two that we're just leading up to the races. So is our Rebel Yell, has he always been a bit of a stable favourite of yours or is he is he now definitely the favourite after the win on Tuesday? <laughs> no, yeah, he's definitely a stable favourite. All of him is just a big teddy bear and just a kind-natured horse. They're always easy when they're like that and they're easy to work with and get along with, 100%. How many drives did it take you, 12 or 13 to break through for your 12, first 12, I think it was. 12. Yeah, I think. Was the number, yeah. Were you, were you sort of wondering where that first win was going to come from, or you're you pretty patient with it all? Yeah, it's pretty patient with it all. It's always in the back of your head, like, oh, how good would it be to win one? But yeah, you definitely got to be a little bit patient with it all. But sort of very slow starting off with me drive, like, obviously, it's hard when you're still getting used to it. But yeah, no, I was happy to get that done, and yeah, we'll just keep learning. And what about? 
your involvement in the sport into the future? Is it something that you're going to balance with your job? As, as, is that the plan? Is that what you'd like to do? Yeah, 100%. If I can balance in my job like that's the goal. Um, yeah, I'm lucky, at the, I'm lucky at the moment that I've got Dad with me. So he's trying to back off the plumbing a bit. And then obviously I said to you before that we're going to try and put two more in work, which will be good. But, yeah, I'm just going to try and do as much as that as I can with work at the moment. Well, mate, it's always great to catch up with first-time winners um, and hear the, the exuberance in their voice and the fun that they're having in the sport. Mate, great to catch up with you and all the best of luck in the future. No, all good. Thanks for that, Greg. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. He had a bit of luck last week. $14 if you backed it on the tote. Raging Sea at Wagga on Melbourne Cup Day. As I mentioned at the top of the show, had a little bit of feedback from a participant out in the Bathurst area. And we're going to call him Mr. T. And he sent through a couple of tips. He's going to challenge me. Um, He's gone Penrith Monday, race one, number four, specialised loo for Brian Portelli. And he's also keen at Bathurst on Wednesday, race nine, number one, the Vixen for Amanda Turnbull. Did say it would be short, but should be too strong. And I'll put a $10 on both of his tips and $10 on mine. And going forward, we'll see who gets a better result. My two for this week, uh, Penrith Monday, race six, number one, Megs Monaro. Six-time winner at Penrith. Two starts ago, led and was beaten three and a half metres. Gets Peter Green Jr., and I think it'll give a sight. So that's race six, number one, Megs Monaro from the good draw. And then I'm going to Menangle on Tuesday. And I'm going to go I'll stick with the Trotters. Race three, number three, King of Love. Up in grade last start, had to work hard to lead. Got tired late, understandably. But I think this is a, a bit of a, a drop back for it. Seton Grimmer takes the drive. And I think the main dangers are drawn out wide on the track. A couple of uh, well-performed Trotters out wider, but I think King of Love from the good draw over the short trip should take some beating. So that's race three, number three. That just about wraps up the show. I'm about to hit the road to Cowra for the first of the Carnival of Cup meetings today. Should be a great day of racing. I'm looking forward to hearing the Whitlams and Daryl Braithwaite sing a few songs as well. Should be a great day of racing. Looking forward to the New Zealand Cup on Tuesday as well. I was lucky enough to be there the year Lazarus won by an amazing 10 lengths. I don't think I've seen a better performance on a racetrack than that day. Um, So the New Zealand Cup's a a special meeting and it will be a special day of racing on Tuesday. Good luck to Swayze and the connections as well. And don't forget to join me next week for the Sunday session where we will do it all again. And I look forward to joining you then. 